We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome back into the show. I am your host for the day, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. As a certified financial planner practitioner, I can deal with taxes, insurance, retirement plan, estate plan, investing. Any money issue is fair game. If you want to comment on business or the economy, call the show, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. As we uh, check in on the markets, we got the S&P, the Dow, and the NASDAQ all just eking out some returns, up anywhere from a tenth of 1% to uh, 0.3% on the NASDAQ, so... Nothing big. You got eBay and PayPal trading as separate companies for the first time. That's interesting. That's out there. If you know Google with the big gains last week, it's really what's kind of driving up the Nasdaq. Is really kind of the big tech companies, the Googles and the Apples of the world. Last week, advanced decline line. The number of stocks advances versus declining. It's not too impressive right now. It really isn't. What's going to be interesting to watch if we look at. Uh, uh, FactSet. If you check out FactSet.com and you kind of find your way around the earnings insight, every Friday they post a report on what's going on with earnings. Where are we in terms of earnings? And uh, what they're looking at is kind of the expectations for technology stocks minus Apple potentially reporting a decline in earnings. So really what we're reporting against is the, the same period last year. The so last year, Q2, was good numbers, so it's going to be tough for a lot of the companies to beat it that's out there. Now, so far, only 61 companies in the S&P 500 have reported, so not much to really look at. I mean, 56% have reported revenue above the estimate, 72% of earnings above the average estimate. Earnings growth so far on these companies, the blended earnings decline is 3.7%. The last time the S&P 500 reported year-over-year decrease in earnings was Q3 of 2012. Some of it has to do with energy. So a lot of these things are going to, well, energy is still dealing with that drastic drop in oil prices. Now, some of it obviously is recovered, but still. Uh, so those earnings insights that come out each Friday, in two weeks, that's when you'll start to be able to get more of a, a trend. 
we are looking at uh, kind of so far, you know, earnings estimates for the next 12 months have gone down. So the current 12-month forward price-to-earnings ratio on the S&P 500 is 16.8. It's 16.8. So that's actually come down a little bit in terms of expectation. When you look at a chart of forward 12-month earnings estimate, earnings per share estimates versus the price, the price has gotten ahead of itself if we compare that over the last 10 years or so. So you got kind of like that fairly fully valuation issue. So when you're concentrating on investing, concentrate on companies that you know have an in, have a dividend, have a history of increasing their dividend. That way, if you do finally go through a correction, and who knows when, but you'll have one, and it doesn't really matter because you get paid to wait. And if you're young and you're continuing to save, corrections are your friend. It's like when Kmart used to be a thing. It's like a blue light special. Things are on sale. I just realized that my kids probably won't even know what that means. Blue light special. Oh, well, they don't even know what really cassette tapes are either, but, oh, well, <laughs> things change. We advance. Um, Morgan Stanley came out with a report, and really the big one was the revenue, the big jump in revenue. Um, revenue was up quite a bit with Morgan Stanley, profit beat analyst estimates, uh, jump in trading revenue versus other firms that had a drop in bond trading. Revenue rose 12%. Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, last week they reported trading revenue that dropped more than 9%. BlackRock, they they had a rise in second quarter profit, but when they reported they saw their first fund outflow, their net outflows, That's so they had a ton of money coming in, but still more money going out, and that's the first time since 2012, and a lot of it has to do with the fixed income sector. Gold's been a big talk lately as we get closer to that $1,000 an ounce kind of mark as it's just gone through tough three years. And the idea is that the dollar's been strong, commodities have been weak, so that both of those issues are bad for gold. And as the idea that rates will go up, that makes our dollar look more attractive. So if you're in Japan, if you're in the Eurozone, and you're looking at all the quantitative easing going on over there and rates being muted versus the U.S. where rates look like they're going up, well, heck, you're going to sell some of your... Yen, some of your euros, go buy dollars and park in treasuries. So that's the idea of the dollar going up trade that we're seeing. Everybody's talking about that party, so it's not like there's a lot of gains left in that. There are a lot of you know, euro-hedged and yen-hed ETFs when you want to invest internationally, but a lot of those big gains are in there. So don't go too crazy there. A lot of talk, too, today about Medicaid. And so for kind of poor and, and kids when they can't, afford Affordable Care Act insurance at all, they can enroll in Medicaid. And it just shows you that this this idea of the way that the Affordable Care Act was enacted, I mean, these people need access to health insurance, but the, the, the state budgets are going to have some problems. We really need to focus on job growth, wage inflation, education, because just giving out free medical insurance is now going to start it's it, now again i think people everyone should have access to health insurance but it's going to just be a problem with these state budgets so um i mean we're talking about issues like oregon 222,700 was the estimate of how many people would sign up for medicaid there 386,000 signed up michigan their cost showed up 50% because of soaring enrollment california 2.3 million people so far Almost three times more than the 800,000 the state had anticipated. Good job, California. We're proud of you. Your, your numbers were so close. So close. 
you know, you're only, you know, three times off. Jeez. I mean, how can it be that bad? How can your estimates be that far off? Absolutely unbelievable. You want to get your calls in there? 800-516-1220. 800-516-1220. Tell me how you really feel about it. Uh, here's a question from Lisa. Hi, Chad. Do you have any speaking engagements focused on saving for college coming up? I listened to an old podcast you had on the subject of College Horizons, and it was awesome. I have a 10- and 14-year-old and would like to know the best way to save for their college costs if I'm just starting now. I've saved up a few thousand for them, but in essence, we're just starting. That's a great question. So I had, um, this question is for Lisa, but I had a, another Lisa on the show that I've had on occasionally on the, on the afternoon show that starts at 2 o'clock. And uh, it's from College Horizons. And there's a lot of counseling that can be done. If you're going to invest in your kid's future, don't be the person that, you know, spends a bunch of money on, uh, you know, an English degree without a direction or a philosophy degree or anthropology or something where the kid's just kind of doing it because they need a degree and they're not really sure what they're going to do and you're investing four-year college, they can basically go drink some beer and party. And then they're sitting on your couch right now. Psychology, things like that. I mean, do people make a lot of money in psychology? Yeah, they can, but not many do. Maybe forensic psychology, that's a very interesting field. Very high demand because of custody battles and things like that, but... Man, you, you, people spend so much money, and then they send their kid to a college that they can't possibly graduate in in four years because of the classes that they need. They don't realize it, so they're oh, I'm not going to go to this private school. I'm going to go to this, this UC school. But they end up being in there for five years and ended up spending more money than the private college. So we'll talk a little bit about college planning coming back after the break. Get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Or you can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. We will be right back. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into the show. I'm your host today, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. I'm get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Lisa sent an email asking about uh, any you know, speaking engagements coming up for college planning. Nothing planned yet, but uh, something like that will more than likely be a webinar that we'll put on. What we do have coming up is the Los Gatos event that Rob Black and I are doing July 30th, 6.30 p.m. Toll House Hotel, and that's building a retirement portfolio that lasts. But Lisa asks, I have a 10- and 14-year-old and would like to know the best way to save for their college costs if I'm just starting now. I've saved up a few thousand for them, but in essence, we're starting now. 
what needs to happen with a 10 and 14 year old where they're already behind on college planning is you have to make sure that your retirement plan is on track. It's very, very important. And because the 14 year old is probably too late to set up what's called a 529 plan, and California actually has a good one through TIACRAF. Utah and Alaska also have good plans. You can you know, get the no-load versions. You don't need to go through, you know, some advisor to do it. You can do these on your own. But a 14-year-old, that, you know, the age-weighted portfolio or age-based portfolios become more and more conservative as they get closer and closer. So they're, you know, four years away from college. It's not enough time to invest in stocks when you need that money. The 10-year-old, yeah, that's fine. But first, you need to do a financial plan because it might be better to be maxing out your Roth IRAs for each of you, for example. And those Roth IRAs, those contributions are accessible to you at any time. You've already paid taxes on them. You can take the contributions out without a penalty to pay for things like education if you want to. And when they're socked away into a Roth IRA or in your retirement accounts in general, they're not going to count towards financial aid when the kid goes to apply for financial aid when you start filling out those FAFSA forms. Sometimes you might have a home equity line of credit that's a revolving line of credit that it'd be better to pay that down and then draw on it again later versus investing money. So there's all these different options that you have to consider. And it depends on how many kids. This 10 and 14, so they might have two kids in college for one year, for example. So what points in time will they really be able to qualify and get financial aid as a family? What are the grandparents willing to do? Uh, for example. So there's a lot of family and financial planning going involved where you just start socking money away into a 529 plan. Sometimes it annoys me how the 529 plans are marketed, especially to kind of the world of single moms, like my mom, for example. If my mom would have started a 529 plan before saving for her own retirement, that would have been devastating to her. She didn't have enough money to do that, let alone save for her own retirement. So to make people feel like they should entitle their kids like, oh, my kid shouldn't have to work to go through college. Oh, poor kid. That's just crap. You know what's more important? In fact, when I had uh, College Horizons on, Lisa Steele from College Horizons, she was talking about, she's talking to me about it's becoming almost more important when your kid goes to apply for a college that they've actually had true work experience versus just the volunteer experience. Because that shows them that they can actually work with others, that they have a work ethic, that they can get a job, especially in the food service industry where they spend time dealing with different types of personalities and dealing with conflict. If you've ever talked to anybody that's been in the food service industry, as a server, a busser, or whatever, you deal with all sorts of people in the work environment and out there on the floor, right? People that get ticked off, that you know, there's no way to please them, you just have to kind of be the yes person and talk them through it. And I've noticed this too. I, you know, we're seeing people that apply for jobs at New Focus Financial, and they might be really good out of college, even with having passed the CFP exam and being very good on the technology side, but they can't draft an email because they're used to texting. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I can't physically type LOL. It does, my, my body does not allow me to do that. I can't, I just don't, I can't do it. Uh, and, and people in, that are graduating now grew up in the era of very short messages, texting and instant messaging that I didn't grow up with. So teaching them how to draft and communicate the right way, in person they might be able to do it, but the, they're just not going to be able to communicate with somebody that's 50, 60, 70 years old by email or by mail, snail mail if you still get it, um, 
without a little bit of experience in life, I guess you could say. So before you go rushing to set up that 529 plan for your kid's college, make sure you have a full-on financial plan and projections in place because kids can work through college. Kids can work through college. You see all this crap out there that, oh, there's nobody that could, pretend, that could you know, go work for minimum wage and get their way through college based on minimum wage. Not, who gets a minimum wage job when they go to college? You can babysit for twice the amount of money that minimum wage offers. You can deliver pizzas and get tips. You can be a server and work four nights a week and still get your homework done. I did it. I basically had two jobs, service industry and in this. You can get a UPS job delivering packages for more more than than uh, minimum wage. Flip burgers, that's fine, but that's not really, that's kind of like the the, the way out. That's not the job that is going to pay you the most and, and leverage your time the most. Now, does working through college mean you're not going to be able to go to as many parties? Yeah. Who freaking cares? Go to community college for two years and then get your degree somewhere else. Who cares? Stop raising the entitled kids like that. My kids know they're working through college. My kids know that they're buying their own car. Because those types of things that I did, I paid for it on my own because my mom couldn't afford it, taught me my own work ethic. And that's tough because that's when you have kids. That's what I really, until, you know, my kids are now 10, 12, and 14, so I'm seeing their work ethic. I'm seeing their good grades. But that's as a parent. Like, are they going to be, are they going to be kind of lazy where they feel like, eh, I'm just not going to do it. I'll let somebody else do it. Or are they going to go out there and create it on their own? Go out there and, and find the opportunity. I've got my 14-year-old that's working for uh, his grandfather in a Subaru shop that changes oil and he's he's kind of the shop boy he's out there learning what hard work is everything from you know pulling weeds behind the shop to changing oil to 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 sweeping and you know it's been 90 degrees out and he, he's he's learning but he's actually you know the kids 14 is getting up at 6 30 to ride the bus to work because he, he doesn't have his license for another uh, actually he's 15 so he doesn't have his license in, until october so i mean he's he's going for it, it makes me really really proud these kids it, it, teach him how to work college before you put your own retirement on hold because I'm seeing way too many retired people with their 22 year old their 23 their 24 year old on the couch even after a PhD degree in some sort of a field that yeah they wrote a really cool paper that other people that write cool papers will read but it's doing nothing to create jobs for themselves or for other people there's a difference between hobbies and what you enjoy and what can put food on your table so it's not enable our kids. Want to get your calls in the air? It's 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Or you can shoot me an email. Just go to chadburton.com. There's links to the podcast, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, chadburton.com. It's all there. We'll be back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money 
on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back into the show. I'm your host today, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Rob Black and I will be together next Thursday, July 30th, 6.30 p.m., hors d'oeuvres of drinks, Los Gatos Hotel, and we'll be discussing about building a retirement portfolio that lasts. We've got low interest rates. we got historical low inflation for the last decade. When will the high inflation come? Government's printing money around the world. Good news is, is there's always ways around these problems. But what are some problems? What are some retirement planning mistakes that are out there? And the biggest one that I see is retiring out of a plan. Now, sometimes people are forced into retirement without a plan. Maybe it's a layoff or whatever. And there's two ways to approach that. Number one is to say, okay, do I really have enough not to go on the hunt for a new job? Do I really have enough to not go get retrained in something I can make more money? You know, it's, it's tough. I mean, if you're 60 years old and you get laid off, you know, you're, you're, you're close to that age where you're supposed to be able to retire, but maybe you didn't save enough. And you might think, oh, a million bucks, uh, that's fine. But you're in the Bay Area. You can only safely at age 60 draw about maybe 3% of your portfolio to last till age 100, unless you're really unhealthy and you're going to die sooner than that. You need a plan. You have to have a plan, very careful projections. There's the sequence of returns problem that I talked about earlier in the show. When do the good returns come? Is it early on? Is it later? Because people don't do projections with kind of a flat line. Oh, the inflation will just be, you know, average of 3% straight up. My returns in my portfolio will be somewhere between 6 and 8% straight up. That's not the way it works. Most of the time, years are good. Some of the time, years are bad. Rates are very low. So retiring without a plan and also the sequence of spending. If you screw up and you forget to estimate in your budget when you're running your projections to allow you to answer the question, can I afford to retire? If you forget about the lump sum withdrawals for weddings, for kids, for for home repair, new cars every 10 years or so, if you forget those items, it can really be damaging if you don't project them, especially if you spend way too much in the first 10 years of retirement. So you need a detailed plan 10 years prior to retirement so you know whether or not you're on track. It's not fun to tell somebody to go back to work. When they come in with portfolio and they've already retired and then they say, here's what I got, I need to retire and I want to spend this, and you have to say, I'm sorry, but you're, just, you're, you're either going to have to die at 80 or go back to work. Or sell your house, move somebody somewhere else. Because reverse mortgage isn't going to get you that much. And you can't say, oh, I see it You know, 20 years from now, I'm going to get a reverse mortgage. What if reverse mortgages aren't even around then? People use also old rules of thumb. Like, I still hear people on the radio say, well, take your age minus 100, and that's how much you should have in bonds, and the rest goes in stocks and things like that. Ugh. People used to retire with 40% equity, 60% bonds. If you did that now... Your chances of success are pretty low unless you're only drawing about 2 to 3% and you're very comfortable on that. Um, the other idea that the other bad rule of thumb out there is in retirement you're going to spend only 70% of what you spend while you're working. That's actually incorrect. Fast the first five years, people spend more in retirement than they were working because they check off that bucket list. So don't use bad assumptions in terms of too high on your rate of return. Using over a 7% rate of return on your projections is a really bad idea. Not using 3% inflation is a really bad idea. Don't plan on dying too soon either. I'm hearing ideas of artificial lungs that are out there. So There's so much going on where technology and healthcare are intersecting right now that I plan on being fully bionic. I will be the 
well, it used to be a million-dollar man adjusted for inflation. It's a billion-dollar man. I will be able to leap over fences, and when I do, it'll make that sound. Anybody remembers the million-dollar man? Anyways, bionic. I've beat myself up wrestling in college and snowboarding and wakeboarding and all that kind of stuff, so I'll need replacement parts. I'm really counting on that to happen. So you're going to live longer than you expected. My grandfather, I mean, if he was alive 30 years prior, he would have been dead at 75. But triple bypass surgery, later on, developed diabetes. He was on dialysis and, and uh, 17 pills a day by the time he passed away at 86 years old. And uh, it was a, the, the renal failure that got him, but if it wasn't for the kidneys, he probably would have lasted even longer. His heart was fixed and the diet was changed, but not enough, not soon enough. Um, people forget about things like, you know, what do they really want retirement to be like? What do they want to do for hot? What, what is going to get you and motivate you? What is going to motivate you to get out of bed? What's your routine going to be? Routines are very important in retirement. The people that retire saying, I don't even know how I had enough time to work. Those are the happy people. People that go on the, you know, Doctors Without Border missions and things like that, those are the happy people. What are you going to do? People often don't have any t- sort of idea which port- asset they're going to draw from first because they don't have any tax input. They don't realize that if you have a large pension, you might need some insurance to protect your well spouse. Um, they fail to track their expenses because, you know, at least an annual review for retirement, you should say, here's what, here's what my expenses this year were versus what I projected them to be five years ago with inflation. Here's what my performance has been over the last year versus what I projected. Here's my net worth, my income, all of it. You need to keep an eye. You have to track to see, are you okay to adjust for inflation? We've gone through five years straight up. Actually, longer than that. Well, six years now, straight up, right? Since 2009, March of 2009, the market's gone way up without a significant correction. It got to about 11% or so at one point. And so things have have been looking pretty good and inflation is relatively low except for healthcare costs. Those are inflating at five to 6%. And pretty soon you're going to need to go to your advisor and say, I need more money. It's just not going as far. And if they just give it to you without going through projections saying, okay, here's what we projected. Here's your financial base plan. When you started retirement and here's where you are now. Yes, it's okay to adjust for inflation or no, you've spent too much money already or no, your returns haven't been good enough because bond rates are too low. Or yes, returns have been great because the market's been positive and you've been peeling off gains as you go. You need to be able to answer those questions. So you also need to have, not having enough cash in retirement is also key. Like I said, the market's positive 7% of the time. But if you look after the Great Depression in 2001, 2, and 3, the market has corrected three years in a row, only twice, two years in a row, several times. But when it happens, it's usually pretty significant, like 73 and 74, where the market was down 40% between those two years. And it took three years to recover. This last correction took more like five to seven years to recover, depending on which asset class or market index you look at. And those that had cash on the sidelines where they could live off of the dividends and interest of their portfolio and draw down their cash during the correction periods and not have to sell, they're fine. They're ahead of where they were in 2007. Those that were fully invested without the cash and they had to sell all the way down and sell all the way up, those are the ones that will never recover. They will never, ever, ever recover. 
And they better have a plan to, like I say, sell the house, reverse mortgage, go back to work, move out of state, the taxes are lower, things like that. A lot of people, too, in their tax projections, they forget about age 70 and a half and the fact that they have to pull money out of their IRAs. You don't have a choice. The only time that you can avoid that is if you're 70 and a half, you're still working for a company where you're not an owner, and it's socked in the 401k. That's the only time you can avoid it. But starting at age 70 and a half, you have to start taking money out of IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, and start paying the taxes. Do you have a plan for that? Another big mistake in retirement is investing in bad financial products with super high fees, usually with, with the sales. And the sales pitches are the best. Don't go get sold. Don't listen to a sales pitch or whatever and say, oh, yep, that sounds good. Answering all my problems, I'm going to go ahead and buy this. And then you buy it, and then six months later you realize you bought something that has internal fees of 3 to 10%, and it's going to cost your money family. It might give you income for life or something like that, but it takes away all your flexibility because of the surrender charges, and it takes away a massive amount of money that you would have otherwise left to your heirs. So go to people that are fiduciaries. They have to act in your best interest. They don't have the commission issue involved. For example, on annuities, there's only two or three annuities that I think are decent out there. Most of them are garbage. Most of them are garbage. Uh, that old idea where... I think the worst one is where people try to get you to stop putting money in your 401k and your Roth to invest in life insurance products, especially the ones that they say, oh, yeah, it's this life insurance. You can participate in the upside of the market, but there's no downside of the market. But what about all the other fees? And all those fees increase as you age. So the idea that you're going to take tax-free income from that, it's going to beat the stock market. Nope. The only way it works is if you're younger and you drastically overfund these things. So they're only right for about 1% of the population. And then I also see people paying financial advisors like, you know, over 2, 2.5% without really getting financial planning. They're just getting the portfolio management. That's not okay. That's way too much money. The technology has made our business a lot easier. A lot easier. That's why we're coming out with the program. Uh, you know, we've always had this half a million dollar account minimum. Well, Stay tuned because we're coming out with a program where you can go online, open managed accounts, and it's going to be cheap for people that don't need the comprehensive planning. So the investing is the easy part of financial planning now, thanks to technology. It's very exciting in my business now. A lot of the technology we've been waiting for for the last decade is all coming into play right now, making our job a lot easier, especially on the investment side. So kind of cool to watch. If you want to get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. If you have a money question, taxes, insurance, retirement planning, state planning, it's all fair game. Comment on business or the economy. Chad M. Burton or at Chad M. Burton if you want to send me a tweet. Go to chadburton.com, sign up for the event on July 30th or Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and the iTunes podcast. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome back into the show. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Want to get your calls in there? It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Rob Black and I will be together Thursday, July 30th to also tell Los Gatos. Build your retirement portfolio at last. You know, there is tough issues when you look at retirement. It is a tough time because fixed income uh, rates are so low. CDs are paying nothing. Your money market accounts paying nothing right now. I mean, things change. Things will you know, it's ebb and flow. Things return to the average. You'll be okay. You just have to stay flexible. Be very... Watch out for people that sell based on fear and greed or, you know, the market is horrible or, you know, get this investment because you can only participate in the upside or the downside, blah, 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 and you find it and you're, you're locked in for years. Non-traded REITs, if people try to sell you non-traded REITs, a lot of them, so, oh, bonds on steroids. Well, just look up FINRA lawsuits, non-traded REITs. Just Google that, and you'll want to steer clear of them. Just watch out for stuff that ties up your money for years because you need to be flexible. Things will change. Interest rates will eventually be higher. Inflation will eventually be higher, and you'll need to adjust your portfolio for that. And keep an eye on things. you got stuff spread out all over the place. Get it consolidated. How do you roll over a 401K? I was talking to a mortgage broker the other day that, saying, hey, yeah, I've got a client, they're very wealthy, and they, they really like these types of stocks that you know, pay dividends all the time. So, like, how do I, I got an old 401k, how do I get the money to me so that I can go buy those directly? And I'm looking at this person like, you know mortgages upside down, inside out, yet she didn't know how to invest in stocks inside the 401k, which tells me you shouldn't be investing in individual stocks inside your IRAs, your 401ks, or anything unless you're very comfortable with the investment process, unless you have well over $100,000 saved up already. Even Kramer, CNBC, Jim Kramer, mad money. Index funds to start. And I love index funds. I use them for a lot of my large cap and mid cap exposure, but I like individual dividend achiever stocks, like managed funds for small cap, mid cap, and international. Um, they have Everything has their place. But let's, let's talk about how you get things consolidated. You got a bunch of old 401ks? Here's what you do. You pick a place where you want to invest. Now, if you want to do just no-load funds, maybe that's Vanguard. Maybe it's T. Rowe Price. If you want to be able to buy no-load funds, ETFs, and stocks, then you use something like TD Ameritrade, Schwab, something like that. You open up an IRA. You get an account number. You call all your old 401Ks. You tell them you want to do a direct rollover. They'll either process it over the phone and send you a check that's made out to your IRA. You don't need to endorse it. You just send it on to the company or you open your IRA, or they'll send you direct rollover forms. It'll take some time to do it, but it's not tough. When should you not roll a 401k? If you're over 55 and you need access to your money, you can avoid the 10% penalty. So be careful if you're over 55. If you're in a lawsuit situation, bankruptcy, be careful of rolling to an IRA. Or if you have a bunch of company stock inside your IRA that you were given, as a match, there's a lot of tax breaks. It's called net unrealized appreciation. And if you roll over too soon without taking advantage of that, you can make a big tax mistake. Let's go to the phones. we got William from San Francisco. William, how are you? Doing all right. How are you? Great. you got a 401K question, huh? Yeah. Um, I always hear you guys say that I should max out my 401K. Should I still do that even if my company does not offer a match? So some people tell me I should just... Off, I should not even bother since there's no match and just put it in a separate IRA or taxable account. Well, do you know what your your marginal bracket is, William? Do you know what what your pain in taxes at the top rate right now? Uh, probably around.
20, 25%. And that, is that federal or is that state and federal combined? Probably about combined. It's combined? Okay. So, um, and how old are you, William? About 30. 30? Okay. So you're young. So what I would probably do, and how much, per- what percentage of your pay are you saving right now? Uh, right now I'm at home with the folks, so I'm able to save a lot. So easily like half or more. Really, really. Okay, so at 30, while your expenses are low and you're not getting a match on your 401k, you have to look at the, you, you have to look at it and say, okay, if you do this, well, what I like people to do is have kind of a split, especially when there's no match. So do half into the pre-tax 401k and the other half into either the Roth version of the 401k at work if they offer it or your own Roth IRA if you're eligible. Because you're putting in after-tax dollars, but it's going to grow tax-free forever. And my estimates are that taxes are going to be higher in the future for a 30-year-old. We're in a very low bracket environment. And at 30, you're saving a lot, so you're going to have wealth when you're 65-plus. And you're also probably going to make more money, right, William, as you age? Yeah. Yeah, so your taxes are going to be higher. So if you're saving, gosh, almost half a pay, congratulations, good work. Um do half into the 401k pre-tax and the other half into a Roth. And that way, too, if you get 10 years down the road and you want to you know, put money down on a house, you can access the contributions to the Roth to be able to do that. I wouldn't suggest it. Hopefully, you don't do that. But I like people to have some pre-tax, some free tax with a Roth and some after-tax money. So um, get a little bit of everything. Uh, the thing that you keep an eye on is that you have to know what your marginal bracket is, that if you reduce your 401k savings, is that going to knock you back up into the next bracket with those dollars? So make sure you're aware of uh, your your adjusted gross, your modified adjusted gross income numbers and your marginal bracket before you make that decision. Okay. That makes sense? Yes, definitely. All right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right. If you want to, a little late to get your calls in there, uh, but if you want to shoot me an email question, I'll be hosting the show as well on Wednesday. So if you want to get your calls in the air, uh, wait till then. But if you want to shoot me an email, I'll prep it, get it ready for the show. Just email me, chad at chadburton.com. That's chad at chadburton.com. That's where you can sign up for the event that Rob and I are doing, building a retirement portfolio that lasts July 30th in Los Gatos. Thanks for listening. Please tell a friend about the show. You can also find the iTunes link at chadburton.com, Facebook, Twitter. It's all there. Have a great day. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.